Setting my being completely on fire You and the night and the music Thrill me but we will be one After the night and the music adore Until the pain I've done in the daylight Our hearts will be throbbing guitars Morning may come without warning And take away the stars If we must live for the moment Love till the moment it's true After the night and the music die, will I have you? That's a pretty blue blue Good morning and gong hoi, gong hoi fat choy. Fat choy. Yes, happy new year, everybody. Yes. Happy, happy Chinese new year. The Lunar New Year is upon us. <laughs> um, they, it is the year of the rat, if anybody's asking. Don't know what that stands for. I apologize. I didn't look it up. I'll look it up right now and okay. I can tell our friends. Hi, Janine. Or Jean Ann. Jean Ann. It's Jean Ann, not Janine. Jean Ann. I remembered. Okay. It just took me a minute. I, <laughs> coffee hasn't kicked in yet. Happy to see you this morning, Jean Ann, and happy to be back after mm -hmm. my uh, sojourn, my southern sojourn to Charlotte in search of Oprah. And I'm sure that was awesome. Uh, truly tremendous. Um, if you ever have a chance to see her do so, I do know she is uh, posting things, and I believe some of the interviews, et cetera, are online. Um, I've been so crazy busy, I haven't had a chance to look them up, but Google things. Uh, her words of wisdom and the guests and the speakers she has, uh, it was a whole day program. It was started at 9 and we left around 3.30, 4 o'clock. Um, so many good nuggets to share, but um, really, really one of her key things was, you know, know what wellness means for you. For Oprah, it means all things are in balance for her. You know, listen to your own inner voice um, and know that you deserve to be well. You deserve happiness and allow yourself to be fully present in this moment. I thought of you guys so much when I was down there because so many of the things that were being said and resonating um, really, really um are things that we've discussed online and things that we talk about. Um, it's, it was, it's phenomenal. And I, I did take notes and I'm going to try and share little tidbits um, and little quotes of things that were said throughout um, online or on the show. So uh, it, it really, there were some just really powerful things um, that were said. She's so. such a powerful speaker to begin with, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. her, I, I know that um, I, can, I would watch her show occasionally when I could. Mm -hmm. You know, you work when her show was on TV. I work full time, so you don't get to see it all that often. But when right. I did, I just, for a lot of her shows, they were just so empowering for oh, women. Absolutely. Another good one um, that who's coming along, actually, is uh, Mika Brzezinski. Uh, oh her, yes value. i'd love to see her and i would love to see her she her her books are just amazing i haven't i i want to get her uh one with that she just wrote with her sister-in-law uh because it, it's like getting back into the swing of things when you're of a certain age and you've had life disrupt disruptions whether they be children or parents Mm -hmm. or, or or something like that and, and 
how you can move that along. So I think I, w I would really like to, to uh, be able to read that. But um, she, you know, she she gets to me a little bit with the Know Your Value, but at the same time, she has a lot of good, interesting things to say about it. Mm -hmm. I, I hear you. Um, I have to say, um, when Oprah started with this shot of her home on Maui overlooking the porch, mm -hmm. I just almost you know, my heart just leapt because I remember being on Maui and everybody referring to, Oh, Oprah's up on top of the mountain. And I just, I, I could not believe she, you know, I felt like my 50 States adventure was still continuing <laughs> because it literally was speaking to me. I'm like, wow. I mean, I can't believe she started this. And the whole concept of this particular tour was when she invited She's involved, as you know, spokesperson for Weight Watchers. I believe she owns some of the company, um, and they're now rebranding at WW, mm -hmm. and the real focus is on wellness. Um, and they had this whole discussion. She brought the, They were discussing this at her home um, on the porch about bringing a true campaign of wellness and trying to encourage wellness among um, everyone, not just women, but um, obviously her target market as, tends to be women. There were men there, though. Um, but I particularly love the fact that when you go to Oprah's house in uh, Maui, um, you start with a shot of tequila mm -hmm. or a shot of water, depending on where you want to be. Right. So um, I just it just cracked me up. She was she was just very relatable, and it was just um, it was very uh, affirming and reaffirming and inspiring. So yes. and, and all things in balance. All and things in balance. We have to just keep that in mind. Her fiance, boyfriend, uh, Stedman, grew yes. up in Whitesboro, New Jersey, and mm -hmm. which is in Cape May County, New Jersey, at the lower end, and it's Long Route Nine. And be she and Stedman built a huge church, like a mega type church, mm -hmm. down in the area because her his mother was very much involved in church and uh, in her local church and uh, she you know she's obvious, she was obviously always very proud of Stedman and how he proceeded and she loved Oprah a lot and but they would come down to Avalon every summer for a week or so so they could spend time with um, his mother over in Whitesboro and that mm -hmm. Patrick was um, there's a, there was this one house uh, that beautiful home that had just been built. This was I think about 15 years ago, maybe a little longer. Um, and Patrick and my friend Barbara's son Sean and a couple of the kids on his block went up to the house and they were standing outside going Oprah, Oprah, and she came out. And she talked to them, and they had a you know she was very nice to them. Had a very nice. Uh, and Patrick said she was just so so pleasant, so joyful to be around a little, you know, in mm -hmm. her brief encounter. But she used to go to this one restaurant in uh, Stone Harbor all the time. And, uh, you know, everybody was always around her trying to take pictures. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. She really, you know, um, she's she even said she has to be really mindful and she she listens to her own voice and she has to she's learned to go with her own flow mm -hmm. and that was a big lesson for her um i also just posted that another really good tip was about being present and we i know we've all talked about that and um also releasing comparisons that start with the word when mm -hmm. so trying to be present now instead of saying when i reach my ideal goal wait or when I leave my job things will be better when this happens things will be better when my kids get out of school this will be better and instead of trying to you know just think down the road focus on what what's here and now and what you can do um and what you have uh control over really because when so. is a form of projection mm -hmm. and you know, the one thing that I've learned in my own life is not to project mm -hmm. because what you project isn't always true. Yeah. It's not true yeah. to you. It's not true to the vision that you may have for your life or whatever. So, yeah, yeah it's, you know, that's great yeah. advice from her. 
Yeah. And, and really, I just added another one more thing on the chat about stress is wanting the moment that is to be something that it isn't. I thought that was really good. Um, wanting the moment that is to be, that is something, wanting it to be something that it isn't. Mm -hmm. So learning not to stress about the moment that is, you know, if it's not, if, if you always are like, oh, I wish I was in Syracuse um, on filming um, and you're stressed about that because you're not there, that's not helping anything. Mm-hmm. Learn not to stress about that and it helps giving clarity. It's, yeah, it Betty, I'm, I try to practice that one too. It's, it's um, not always easy, but it's, it's good to kind of keep these types of things in mind. So we are here and now. Uh, for the podcast today. So I'm very, very happy we were able to um, move ahead with our chapter. And I wanted to do a shout out to Karen for being the Who? guest, the guest hostess with the mostest last yeah, week. Yeah, we are so totally appreciate her. She um, apologizes for not being here today. Uh, she had an appointment at nine o'clock. So, and she wishes us a, a good show. Oh, that's so sweet. Mm-hmm. I think it's a busy day for many people. Oh, yeah. And this, it's raining like crazy here. So, yeah. I was going to do something and I'm going to be forced being at home today, which isn't a bad thing, but it's, but I'd much rather be someplace else. To be <laughs> I understand. Uh-huh. I understand. Betty said, I'm learning that today is the right time to do whatever one wants to do. Tomorrow is never promised to anyone. That Incredibly true. true, Betty. I, I've, I've, uh, I've really, I, I learned that lesson when I studied in abroad in college about really trying to focus on the present. That's when I really got that blast of, um, reality that you really need to try and focus on the here and now Mm -hmm. and and you know as you grow and learn you do know that nothing is given so try to live each day to the fullest and let people know that you care about them Mm -hmm. exactly so and speaking about people that we uh uh is walter boo boo uh Walter Boo Boo's chewing on something and it sounds like paper and it turns out the toy that he has rather than a squeaker it's got crinkly paper in it. Now there's now she's he's got the squeaker. <laughs> mm. That's good. Yay and Jean Ann is back on. Hello, Jean Ann. So we so, are ready for announcements, Pam? We are. We are. News from um, SR. The news from SR is that uh, he appreciates everybody uh, putting out the word about Gabriel's uh, promise because he he appreciates that the current readers are spreading the word. Start yes. spreading the word. <laughs> da, na, na, Gabriel's da, promise da, is out. Da, na, na. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But word of, word of mouth for SR and every author. Yeah. is uh, a very important. Um, he's got a couple of author takeovers coming up. One is on Valentine's Day. Oh, that'll be and fun. One is on February 10th from 8 to 9. And uh, he's in the Stargazers group on 219, February 19th. Um, and so that he, one of the things that uh, happened in his last chat I think it was with Argyle Empire they had a problem where he got locked out because there were so many questions being bombarded to him and he right. couldn't keep up and it, it just it, he, he well he I, I I think it's 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 demonstrating um, his popularity and how many people really want to reach out to him and appreciate him exactly. doing things online but the technology can only support so much Um and, you know, I think they ended up having, what, 700 comments Something or questions. Like that, yeah. It was yeah. really, really an intense um, so chat. What, <laughs> so what Jen and the Stargazers group is doing, she created a Google Doc 
that you can go in and you can ask your questions to SR and she wants to get them all together by February 1st and that right. way we have a week uh, we have you know they'll get the answers he'll, he, from him but we won't be bombarding him and he you know so that he can't get on uh, so yeah so make you can find the Google Doc either I have it I have it tweeted around 3:30 in the afternoon every day and SR's got it tweeting it and uh, uh, Jen in the Stargazers uh, Facebook group has it uh, pinned as a pinned post so you can go in and, and you can grab the uh, fill it out that way mm-hmm. so. and um, Betty was making me laugh so forget my Paul intervention I will continue my madness <laughs> And Jean Ann says good morning to everyone, and she hoped we all had a great week. So thank you, Jean Ann, for that. We hope you had a great Betty, week as well. Betty and Paul and <laughs> and James Andrew Fraser, who plays Paul in the movie, have been having a lot of fun together. I love it. I love it. I haven't been able to watch all so- the social media this week because work's been overcome taking me so cool the way he interacts with this group (laughs) well I think you know what when we were on set he had been so well not just him I mean I have to say from Julio to Tosca to Melanie and James and Margot and Dennis of course I love Dennis um, but he's not on social media Um, no the whole crew and cast and all the incredible people we've met there um, really, I think, heartfelt, appreciated um, the support and encouragement of this fan base. So, mm-hmm. as Betty says, um, James is not helping me stay sane. <laughs> and his encouragement <laughs> has just added fuel to my love and devotion for Paul. <laughs> And uh, I think you may, uh, someone I saw may have a another Paul devotee uh, in the mix. I heard, saw somewhere down the line. But, Very um, fun. And I just, just want to give a shout out to Julio and to Melanie. Uh, they're both sick. Oh, no. Julio, Julio had a fever. He posted yesterday on Instagram of 38.7 Celsius. Oh, that's not like good. About 101 fever. Oh no! And uh, fortunately, the was a closed set yesterday, and filming ended early in the day. So hopefully, he's uh, in his hotel room recovering with his window shut because he had a problem with the window earlier this week. Mm. And uh, he, he and Melanie all feel better soon. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. I mean, there it's so much. There's so much illness going around right now. Um, oh, I oh, I feel for them. I feel for them, especially. I'm hoping they don't have the flu, because that's that's just been tearing through uh, the Northeast. I can tell you that. Um, yeah. And yes, Betty, I agree. The cast is amazing, and sending well wishes to everybody um, on the cast and crew. Hopefully. They will be able to uh, rest over the weekend and uh, feel better. And Tom won't be uh, badgering Julio too much with his uh, voice lessons. <laughs> That's right. His diction. So, his diction, uh, yes. So. Uh, so. And also, as far as Passion Flicks goes, um, don't forget, you can always sign up. It's, I believe, seven ninety nine a month or five ninety nine a month uh, for if you for the app, and you can also get it on the Amazon Fire Stick. Uh, I think Roku has it, Chromecast has it, mm-hmm. and Apple TV, I believe, has it as well. Yes, so, and it is still five ninety nine a month. Five ninety nine. Uh, and you can just go to passionflix.com is rather than watching it on your laptop or a tablet or your phone, you can watch it on a whatever size screen you have in your house, which is mm-hmm. awesome. 
Yes, you can watch on any device, anywhere there is a Wi-Fi connection. Mm-hmm. And Betty's wishing the cast that, uh, hoping they feel better. And she says, otherwise, we're going to have to send Dr. Noreen. I bet she can help Julia feel better. I'm sure she can help Julia. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So for those of you who didn't hear about uh, Pam's friend Noreen, she was uh, she accompanied us on the set visit because she is a Passion Flicks founding member. Um, she was the only one of the group who was not a um, in the Sylvain Reynard fandom uh, before coming up with us. And uh, she just was so, so funny. And um, she definitely would uh, be helping Julia feel better. Well, she did help his hair. Yes, she point. was she was fixing his hair and fixing Playing his tie dresser. and um, doing anything she could to uh, assist the filming us. and and uh, touch Julio at the same time. So, absolutely. Uh, and he was a good sport about the whole thing. Do. I have to say, yes, yes, yes. Especially so, at thirty in the morning when he wants to be home in bed. <laughs> I know. So. I think um, one of the things I was going to say um, yesterday, I had, uh, I was taking my daughter uh, to see a, I was driving her over to meet up with her boyfriend who was working on uh, lights for a stage production in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. And I dropped her off. And then on the way back, I decided I was going to listen in to our book, The Man in the Black Suit. And it's been a while since I listened to, I've been, you know, listening to the Gabriel series. So it was just great to hear the beautiful um, rendition of the audiobook for The Man in the Black Suit. Um, and it was, it was really, really quite good and helped put me in the mindset to talk about Nicholas and Acacia this morning. Mm-hmm. So shall we start the chapter? We should. Yeah, we're still in Chapter 60 because there's a lot that's happening here. And uh, where we pick up Part 3 of Chapter 60 um, is when Acacia is uh, finishing up dressing and unpacking. She placed all the clothes that Madame Casserer had bought for her. And she received a knock on the bedroom door. And as she opened it, Rick was standing there on a cell phone speaking really loudly. And, you know, as you start to read this section of the chapter, you know something's going on. Like you can just feel kind of the tension building. And SR is really good at writing that kind of uh, intensity. And Rick was on his cell phone saying, he isn't there. He left 10 minutes ago with Jeff and Lev... Is it Levin, I believe? Uh, he continued. Uh-huh. Is it Kevin? <laughs> I thought it was Kevin. I'm like, wait, was there Levin? Um, and Kevin. And he continued on saying he was told to redirect the incursion team to Kuznetsov's coordinates. He thought they had been patched in and disconnected the call. Um, so Acacia, of course, she's hearing Rick's uh, frantic discussion saying, what's going on, Rick? Um and we asked SR at this point, did Acacia suspect Nicholas was in trouble when Rick first entered the room? And SR responded saying, I think Acacia knew something was wrong, but she wasn't sure what. So I wasn't sure, you know, we weren't sure exactly what his thought process was at that point. Um, I asked Betty, as she, Betty stated, this chapter was so dramatic. It really was. It is. So, it is. so next thing you see is Rick running down towards the entrance of the suite with Acacia, Steve, and Ray um, following. The corridor outside the suite was empty. They were all um, going towards then the service elevator. Rick crouches down on the carpet by the elevator as, to inspect what he sees as blood. So right then when I saw that, I was like, oh, gosh, something really bad's happened. Rick cursed as he heads down toward the room next to the suite. He swiped the card and everyone walked into the surveillance room. And again, SR so descriptive in his writing, you can really visualize this scene. 
they step into the conference room. Acacia steps to the side and sees all the tables, the large conference table, laptops and machines. You can visualize this, right? Ten men and three women are working at separate workstations. The curtains were closed. The lights were dim. And they could see all these different feeds, and she suspected they were feeds from the Russian's house. Rick went to Wen, who was typing on the laptop, and said, talk to me. So Rick wanted to get the, the lay of the land um, as it was happening. And Betty said she didn't expect any of what happened here at all. <laughs> Her immediate thought was, grab a spoon and let's look for the bus. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love it. Um, Wen was pulling videos from the exits and the service elevator. So they're trying to determine what's just transpired. Acacia stood next to Rick, asked if it was possible um, that Nicholas went with the incursion team. Rick frowned and said no, because that would not explain the blood. Um, he asked Olga then to put the video stream up on the main screen and play back the last 15 minutes. Um, when they viewed it, they didn't see anything on the screen. Not Nicholas or Rick or Acacia. So there's a red flag right there because they knew they'd just been through the corridor. Wen told Rick they were using the hotel security system to monitor the floor. So they all should have been seen. And Acacia wanted to know what that meant as she looked at an empty hall. And that, when, when I read that, that reminded me of the scene in um, Ocean's Eleven when they were able to put the fake feed of the uh, security video, when he when when mm -hmm. they were describing that, that's the scene I thought about. Um, or so, even the movie Speed. Right, right. Because um, the, the, the the crazy guy has, uh, or they they the I think it was the news people put the uh, a, a loop of the bus just uh, riding along. Right. They were trying to figure out how to defuse the bomb. Right. So, yeah, I mean, you can kind of see how that's happening. And um, Acacia was watching the video and everything, all she saw was the empty hall. And the bearded man Acacia met in Helsinki appeared and she said, there. And they determined there's a loop. Someone had hacked the system and looped an image of the empty hall. So Wen told Olga to bypass the loop and go into the actual feed. He wanted everyone but Jim to look at the feeds to the entrances to the hotel. So they were trying to determine what was going on current time. Um, Rick then addressed the group telling them that the hotel had been breached. They were really, really dark at that moment when they realized that was the case. Um, he said not to share information with hotel security. Then he told Wen that the secondary incursion team should be on their way, um, but they are to come here as security backup for them. Rick asked Steve and Ray to go with him as they swept the elevator stairwell. He asked Wen to call him if he had something, and Acacia quietly told them that she had ordered room service um, in the interim. So Rick nodded to Wen and told him to cancel it. Rick drew his gun and proceeded with the others into the hall. So... That was really like, oh my gosh, things are happening mm -hmm. in real time. They got to figure out what's going real on real fast. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, so, and now, I mean, yeah, just a realization that they've all of a sudden, that they've been hacked. Right. Since they normally hack people. Right. Um, you know, we had to be really tough on them. Mm -hmm. And and I the fear. And I mean, I know that these are people that are security people and used to kind of crazy stuff but still right it's so, it was very intense yeah so i wonder what they had ordered for dinner i don't uh, know so well Kasia, <laughs> i know <laughs> betty says she was holding her breath during the scene mm -hmm. <laughs> i think the whole chapter i had to reread it a couple times <laughs> So, so Acacia stood behind Wen as room service was canceled, and the air was extremely tense, and, and all the analysts are, like, hovered over their computers. And uh, their cell phone said that they were in the parking garage. And Wen mm -hmm. gave the information to Rick, 
And another woman stood up and said, I found something. When asked that it be put on the main screen, and Acacia st stared in shock as she's watching Nicholas being bustled out of the elevator by a group of ma ma masked men. And he was pushed into a van, and the other men were loading into the back of the truck, the other security guys. Mm. So, ugh, scary shit. Yeah. Again, this would be incredible on the screen. If you're listening, Tosca, you can, you can option this. Betty said, screw the room service. Someone go to the Walgreens and fetch us some crackers and tea. Pronto. <laughs> <laughs> Not Dwayne Reed? <laughs> <laughs> Do they have Dwayne Reed and uh, are they in Helsinki still? I'm trying to no, remember where they no, are. They're, no, they're in Moscow. They're, in, they're Moscow now. All right. Yeah. So, God damn it. And one's voice shouted over the crowd. And he yelled for Liz to analyze the video and pull all you can. Try to get a license plate number and then divvy up your feeds and look to where the van is going. Hmm. Uh, Dave needed, uh, needed you to hack into the street lamps to see if you could pick up, because I guess they have like the CCTV cameras all over the place. Yep. And, uh, you know, see where they were, you know, what's going on. And, uh, it, he, he said, then let's put them, put that main screen up, all that video on the main screen for the past 30 minutes. And they all grew silent as they watched Nicholas and his security guards being ambushed by the six masked men around the automatic weapons. And, you know, that means they have eyes in the hotel. So they are like mm -hmm. totally, you know, pulled away. Right. I mean, this is another example of SR having a really, really great capacity to write uh, drama and to write action, action sequences. I mean, this really is so descriptive and you can see it as it unfolds in your and I, th I can't even imagine how those characters would feel watching this man that they work with and love and respect being you know, kidnapped, essentially. Like yeah. yeah. So <laughs> also, Betty is saying, calling for desperate times. No yes. time to go to a five-star bakery or a restaurant. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Walgreens will have to do. To Betty that's says, right. it did. It felt like I was watching everything on film. And that's correct. I mean, it really, yeah. really, well, well done, did. SR. Well done um, writing this sequence. So, you know, so Wynn is quickly telling Rick what's going on, and he's talking to the comm link. You know, one of those neat little contraptions where you speak into your wrist. <laughs> mm -hmm. The Dick Tracy watch. <laughs> oh, yes. So Ocasio wanted to wait and watch the security guards were struck on the head and carried into the elevator. Nicholas had tried to wrestle the gun out of the hand of one of the guys, but uh, another one put a gun to his temple. And after they restrained Nicholas, one of the assailants punched him in the face. Oh. Acacia saw blood spill from Nicholas's mouth. And as, as he covered his, covered his mouth, she, she saw something glitter. And then it dawned on her. So when she goes to to Wen, touching his elbow, she says, Nicholas is wearing his watch. The one with the tracking device in it. Right, Wen said, we got like a light bulb goes off. And uh, he sent the link to the device of the device to Dave. And he wanted him to pinpoint his location and report, report back. So we asked um, SR was the security team uh, I have to turn the light on I can't read <laughs> well it's too dark and I'm, why should I have, why should I have lights on in my house really? well and I'm laughing that because Betty said God bless the watch and I agree completely Betty thank goodness that they thought ahead and put those devices in the watches for them to 
be able to monitor. Exactly. <laughs> so was the security c team concerned for their own safety when they discovered Nicholas's kidnapping was an inside job? SR says, I think so, but they're professionals and so trained to deal with these kinds of challenges. Mm -hmm. That is so true. Very true. So Acacia closes her eyes and said a prayer. Uh, she asked when where they were taking him and when asked Dave for a status. A status. Dave told him that they were still in the city but and they were tracking him. Uh, they, he, they, they were saying the kidnapping had to have extensive planning. I mean, just to be able to go into um, a, you know, a hotel and, a, and they must have had an elevator key to wait mm -hmm. and watch till he came out so they could get him. Um, you know, the, he, he, he's, you know, such a, it's like a secure hotel. So if the, um, if the Russians had Nicholas, he would probably kill him. So they needed a rescue plan and fast. Mm -hmm. uh, where's Rick, she asked. She, and as she was saying that, Rick was coming into the door. Um, so, because she's offering up a plan, saying the, in the incursion team uh, and that was at the Russians' house, send them to get Nicholas. And she was... She, since she was somewhat important to Nicholas, she felt she could do this. She wasn't trying to hamper any of efforts to rescue him. Uh, so she was there to help. Yeah. I mean, again, I just can't even imagine being in her situation and trying to feel about... <laughs> Excuse me. God bless um, you. I was trying to mute and I couldn't get fast and I couldn't get there fast enough. Sorry, ladies. Um, thank <laughs> you for that. Um as Betty says uh, regarding the tracking device, the other day I misplaced my tracker watch and I couldn't find it even though my phone said I had it with me. I guess I need a better tracker. Turns out <laughs> I left it charging. It was right next to me. <laughs> See, there you go. That is so funny. And thank you, Betty, for um, blessing my sneeze. And she said, mm -hmm. poor Rick. I bet he felt like this was his responsibility as well. I'm sure. I'm sure Rick was really, really taken aback uh, by uh, this. Uh, I, I know you're always planning for the worst case scenarios, so he knew what to do. But I'm sure he was really, really um, frustrated as well, um, as you are apt to do when you're not able to uh, execute the plan um, as you initially uh, intended. So... From that point, Wen frowned, saying the boss wanted the team to go in. Nikasia was argued that since the Russian wasn't there, it was pointless to go in, and that they should go after Nicholas instead. Nicholas's safety should be the first priority. While Wen had no argument there, um, there were protocols in place, uh, so Wen knew that he had to follow chain of command. Rick was in charge, and she was like, fine, call him. And when called Rick and he surveyed the room and he asked the incursion team to be patched into Nicholas's watch, he looked at the door and Rick entered coming back in. Um, all eyes went to Rick, Steve and Ray after they've been out um, kind of searching through the hallway. Akasi went over to Rick and asked that the incursion team be sent after Nicholas. Now, of course, Akasi is going to want Nicholas to have the first priority in the team to go get him because Nicholas sent the team to rescue her when she was kidnapped. So, um, yes, as Betty says, screw the protocols, save the boss. Um, so as Acacia asked Rick about it, um, you know, Rick considered the options. He said the boss would not want it, but ultimately Rick did agree with Acacia. Russian law enforcement was out of the question with what they had going on there. Um, and when asked about sec hotel security uh, and saying when they call the police, Rick scoffed saying, oh, this, they had been paid off at the hotel. He was sure of it. So the extraction team drove straight into the parking garage and took the service elevator. 
um, they needed a key to do that. So Rick, Rick noted that um, he really thought it was an inside job. He doubted the hotel would call, but just in case, he would activate one of their contacts. Um, he walked to Olga, speaking to her in low tones. Um, and Acacia followed up with him, saying that Nicholas is wearing his watch and Dave is tracking him as they spoke. Um, so the question she had for Rick was, how can we find the Russian? And Rick said that Nicholas was supposed to have a contact in Russian Interpol. Um, he looked to Wen, asking if he made the call. And Wen responded that when the boss was delayed, the agent hung up. Acacia was chewing her lip. And so the cliffhanger for this chapter continues. As Betty says, Nicholas didn't hesitate to save Acacia. This is no exception. And she says, I kept thinking, damn it, what if something happens to Nicholas? Acacia didn't even kiss him goodbye or tell him she loved him. I know. Right? right. But I you think know, at this point, never... I know, we you were talking about this away. earlier in the podcast. Live every, you know, be present in every moment and tell and appreciate the people that you care about. Um, how you feel about them w when you have the opportunity because you know nothing is given not your time here is not a given so yeah that was a really really roller coaster section of this um, chapter and again uh, SR has a really great way of building that uh, dramatic tension and uh, really writing a great action scene. I'm, I'm yeah, curious if uh, on his, I know he, he keeps saying he's writing and he has other projects. I'm curious if he is doing more um, or going to be writing more action-oriented scenes. I feel like, um, I feel like some of that, uh, the action um, and adventure type of... Uh, descriptions uh, had floated into uh, Gabriel's promise in some ways as well. And I, I'm just curious if that's a genre he's going to continue. Um, I would love to his see more file. of Nicholas and Acacia. I'm hoping. Yeah. His file of ide story ideas. That'd be great. Mm -hmm. So Betty said, if Nicholas were wearing an eye watch, you know, the kidnappers would have disposed of it right away. <laughs> this is true. Fortunately, He was wearing a Rolex. Right. Um, so they, they probably thought nothing of, of that. And Betty says Apple would not be the company to go to right now. So the Golden Watch was a perfect selection. Absolutely. Yes. And, and now watches. with the development of the technology, I mean, and the, the rise of the Internet of Things, as they say, there are so many ways that technology is being incorporated into production of all types of things, be it materials glasses, hearing aids, contact lenses. I mean, you're, you're reading all these stories about um, smart objects. So well, yeah, Isabel, I think, I think it's has... going to completely to, I think it's going to completely continue to evolve as we, as we go on so in the Isabel decade of the twenties. The nanny cams. Oh yeah. And you would, you would never know that there was a camera in, in the objects she has got around the house. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting time because it's the, you know, you have, uh, there's a lot of privacy and privacy issues surrounding that. Um, mm -hmm. But in this instance with uh, what they're doing and in the, the business they're in, so to speak, it was very, very smart. Um, for Nicholas and Acacia to be wearing those watches. And I mm -hmm. see our dear friend from Louisiana has joined Hi, us. Hi, Annette. And congratulations and on your son's graduation from yes, Arizona. Yes, yes. Hoorah. I work with a Marine. Uh, he's a service-disabled veteran and very, very proud Marine. Uh, has learned and had such a great, great um, experience with the Marine Corps, is active in uh, keeping all the traditions alive. So really, really fantastic. Um, and so proud uh, that your son 
uh, now has fully uh, received his training and is uh, full-fledged Marine. Yes, it's great to see you. Uh, yeah. And your pictures were great. Boyfriend. Very, very handsome Boy- son, by the way. Yes, I have is. two daughters in the early 20s, just saying. I have um, uh, my very first serious boyfriend, Jimmy Gallagher. Aww. Went to the Marines right after high school. And I remember him coming home, and he would write to me almost every He wrote to me every day in boot camp, I think. And But he, I remember him coming home and telling a story about a mosquito. They were standing... They had to stand at attention for a long period of time. And Jimmy was in South Carolina in June, July, and August. <laughs> and he had a mosquito land on his cheek. And, mm-hmm. you, you know, when you have to stand there, you're not allowed to do anything when you're standing at attention like that. And he turned around when he thought the drill instructor wasn't looking, and he flicked his the cheek to get rid of the mosquito that had been biting him. And the drill instructor made him find the mosquito and dig a six-foot-by-six-foot oh. grave for the mosquito. Oh, my gosh. That was his punishment. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, there's a lot There's a lot of training and that goes involved. And I'm, I'm looking in the chat room. Everybody's sending um, notes of congratulations to Annette and her son. Um, Betty said congratulations, and Jean Ann said that is awesome. Best of luck to him. What a proud mama you must be. Thank you to him for his commitment. I agree. And Annette says that we are so proud, as she should be. Um, so, yeah, as, and to your point when the story, Pam, about what Jimmy uh, ended up having to do. She said, oh, no, nope, you can't move. That's right. You have to follow orders to a T because, um, you know, just like in the story here with uh, Rick having um, being the ultimate decider in this instance, there is a chain of command and protocol that you have to follow. Um, Mm -hmm. If you don't, it could be a life or death situation. Um, So that is why they are so, so very um, stringent about following orders to a T because it could be uh, the difference between life or death. And um, when we were talking about the tracker, um, Annette, we just finished uh, reviewing our third section of of the chapter 60. And uh, this is when they realize and discover that uh, Nicholas had been extracted and taken against his will. And um, they had just uh, decided that they are going after him In part, they could find Nicholas because of his uh, tracking device in the watch. So Betty says, I wonder what Willie and Raven use. Special crucifix with a tracker for Raven and maybe a special ring for Willie? (laughs) That's so funny. Oh, my gosh, Betty. A talisman with with a a tracker in it. A talisman with a tracker in it. I think think she would have a special tracker in her hanky. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh Annette uh, says oh that's died. a great chapter made my blood pressure go up reading that yes oh, really? we were talking yes. Annette we were talking about how SR is such a great he's very masterful at writing this kind of suspense and action and I was wondering if he's going to do more action sequences um, for any upcoming books that he's writing um, or if he's writing another Nicholas and Acacia adventure um, which I'm hoping he does at some point. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure there's going to be more intrigue and more uh, suspense. But it really, as you said, it made your blood pressure go up reading that. It it does. He really, it he does. really can build that um, climax. Uh, and it's so good. It's so yeah. good. I and, guess he's uh, writing. He's whole... he's great at writing climaxes and and various different meanings. That's correct. <laughs> Different forms. Different forms. Both lots of action. From the little ones to the blood-shattering ones. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so um, I was I was just thinking too, um, as 
you know, I was thinking of some of the other scenes that they've had. It um, really reminded me a little bit of when they took um, they took Acacia and um, just that that it, it that was another one that got my blood blood pressure going, as you said, um, because you just knew um, nothing good was happening with that. No, it wasn't. But uh, you know, just the the, the fright, you know, and, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, Nicholas is doing okay. Yes, he's uh, hasn't been uh, connected with the Russian yet. That's well, That's yeah, good. not yet. But he's hoping. And Annette was saying she wants to be able to be so descriptive that it plays out so vibrantly when reading, and that's true. Mm-hmm. And as Betty noted, the boss is good with climaxes. Yes, he is. <laughs> Let the hankies start their waving. Oh, my God. And for those of you who are not Jesus. sure what the hanky waving is referring to, it's it's when uh, SR write, wrote a bit, writes very descriptive scenes. And this was a whole hanky, the whole hanky, Rhetoric came up during the um, podcast for the, the Florentine the, series. The Roman, yeah, yes. the Roman and, and in particular. The shadow and all, uh, yeah. because the the you know William had a tendency of being very delicate with Raven when they were standing on a loggia, but he kept throwing the hankies away. Mm-hmm. You know, rather than you know. Yes. Take care of them. <laughs> yes. So, um, so. I, cause as, as we're going on and discussing things, there's so many new readers and there's so many new listeners, um, who might not understand some of these little inside jokes that are going on when people are bantering. That's, so that's very I'm, I'm very, I'm very aware that we are getting more and more, uh, fans into the fandom. And uh, are. <laughs> so I want to try and explain things because there's a lot of things I don't know. People make references to. So I'll, I'll usually ask if I don't know. <laughs> As Betty says, it's raining hankies. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, that, you know, and that's what's that's what's really since uh, coming with the movie uh, with Passion Flicks mm-hmm. and the filming, there are a lot of people who are now discovering SR's writing. Right. And reading it, mm-hmm. which is great. Well, and I think that's one of the benefits of passion flicks. I mean, I can tell you I've discovered new authors because through passion flicks, if they're filming a project, I'm trying to read the book before I watch the, the film. And there are some things that are in reverse. I mean, I read Afterburn, Aftershock by Sylvia Day, but I have yet to watch that production on Passion Flicks. But for Dirty Sexy Saint, um, since I knew that book that was coming, I downloaded the series and actually read not just the first book, but all, all four in that series. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's another benefit of um, SR's uh, partnership with Passion Flicks. Uh, that's another way for more readers to find... Um, his work and the work of so many other authors. So it's true. Yeah. Yeah. And Betty says, we and need I, to explain I, to Willie that hankies are not disposable like napkins. That we do. We do. <laughs> and true. I know that I tried to explain that to him on a few occasions. <laughs> However, oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's like, ta- it's like talking to a lot of men when you're trying to tell them something you either become shrewish or they don't listen to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One or the hearing, other. Call it. Selective <laughs> hearing. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's a lot of selective hearing that's going on. I can tell you that. Yes. Yes. So. Yeah. So, and you know, the, the, another neat thing is in the, in the order of the books mm-hmm. and that, you know, like, You've got the first three books of the Gabriel series, you know, Inferno, uh, Rapture, and Redemption. And then, uh, SR suggests you read The Prince, 
mm-hmm. and, then the, and then Promise, and then the rest of the Florentine series and the Man in the Black Suit, because Julia and Gabriel weave their way through everything, mm-hmm. just like Nicholas is now done, and uh, William has. Mm-hmm. And I and I think honestly, I think part of that is because SR knows his characters are so beloved um, that I, not only did he probably, he he's mapped this out for a long time, but I also think he likes to, um, he really likes to um, do and write things that uh, the fans will appreciate. And I know um, that's makes us very happy when we can see and visit our old friends, so to speak, mm-hmm. such as Julia and Gabriel and Betty, uh, Betty's saying, I wonder if Snarky's stealing Gabriel's stuff from the set. (laughs) I don't know. We'll have to check out eBay. Like she says, yes, maybe Snarky tried to sneak in Julia's room during the week and tried to get more merchandise for eBay. (laughs) Annette says, Hmm, that's a good question. B (laughs) (laughs) maybe Snarky's the one that was carrying the, the virus that's getting everybody sick. Hopefully not. That could be. That could be. But, so. um, yeah, he, you know, Snarky, Snarky deserves his own books, I think. And I think mm-hmm. Paul deserves a little bit more of a story. I agree. Because he, you know, he his is very short-lived. Mm-hmm. In a lot of, a lot of, uh, respects. So. Most definitely. Most definitely. Yes. And that's, that said need to check eBay. (laughs) (laughs) I am surprised like nobody tried to swipe anything or (laughs) take any mementos (laughs) from the set, (laughs) but that's because everybody's been very, I should say people have been very respectful or at least when we, when we were there, what we've observed, there's been a lot, there's been a lot of respect, um, respectful behavior from the founding members towards the cast and crew so yes yeah and i think um the other thing is too is that you know you could have taken those cinnamon buns or cinnamon rolls Mm. that this is true trying to get (laughs) betty and kenzie to eat yes (laughs) they were hard as rocks exactly and you would not want to yeah. drink the coffee that was in the coffee cups. <laughs> not at all. No. That would be that a, would be bad. A little cold and a, been there for a while. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Anyhow, anyhow so they're going yes, Betty, Betty, Betty. Week of filming, right? Yes, they started uh, Monday, if they, I think. Mm-hmm. It's so exciting that also, they're filming Rapture. I can't believe it. I know. And then they'll, you know, they're going to wrap up at some point, and and then they'll be back in um, the spring, I believe, to finish filming Rapture. And I also heard that they're going to be going back to Italy for a short period of time. Oh, would that and not be incredible? That would probably be a CC. Ah. Uh, Oh my gosh, what I wouldn't give to be there, what I wouldn't give to be there to see that. Oh my gosh. I want to go to Assisi to begin with. Um, Mm -hmm. And we've discussed that before, you know, not just the description and how, how it is interplays with the book, but based on uh, people's accounts of Assisi, it really, um, I almost, I was so dumbstruck when my work colleague had said, um, how profoundly spiritual and moved he was visiting Assisi when he was in Italy. Um, it almost echoed the words that SR wrote. Um, it, it was almost, it was, it was, it was very, very striking to me. So I, I think mm-hmm. filming there, if they have a chance to do that, would be amazing. Yes, Jean Ann, I love the way you think. She goes, road trip. Road trip. Let's, let's do it. Um, and Betty had noted Paul's story always takes place behind the scenes and she needs to know what Paul is up to while Julian Gabriel are not around. I agree. 
And uh, Jean Ann also noted that we can take so many pictures that's just as, um, you know, just as good for memories. I agree. The photos are worth a million words. And, and Betty noted that the wedding scene um, in Rapture will just be beautiful. I can be a flower girl if they need one. Uh, she'll bring her own flowers. <laughs> Betty, I think you need to put that out. I think you need to let Tosca know that. Um, exactly. I'm happy to be an extra in that scene. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? Oh. A wedding guest. Yes. But, the you uh-huh. know, they have such a small, um, really, it's just a small intimate wedding. So I don't think they're going to have extras on that shot. Unless there's some, well, they, there are people in the, in the you know, coming and going. People. Yeah. I, I don't they, know. Maybe know, local. I, yeah, I don't think it was just Julie and Gabriel and Rachel and Aaron and Richard and Tom, mm-hmm. Diane. I think there were a few, like, I, I know that Catherine was there. And there may have been another, a few more guests in there. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be fun. I, I'd be more than happy to play the officiant, but... <laughs> I know. <laughs> I do have my Universal Life Ministry license. There you go. There you go. Annette said she would love to see that be filmed, and Betty said, heck, I'll pretend to play the organ for the ceremony. Um, (laughs) I agree. I agree. So that's going to be phenomenal. I'm just, I'm I'm so excited about the fact that they're filming uh, the second, the second book already. Like, it really, if you think about it, it kind of is playing with my mind a little bit, because Mm -hmm. it's really happening they're making it happen. They're committed. They are committed to this trilogy. And I'm hoping they're going to pick up the fourth book because the idea of seeing Gabriel with little baby Claire, ah, oh, mm-hmm. because the interaction that Julio has with children, and you've seen it on some of the Instagram posts, is, is a sight to behold. It really is. You can tell mm-hmm. that family is very important to him as a person and I think he would bring that sensitivity um, to portraying the role of Gabriel I just think it would be beautiful even though it's challenging even though it's challenging to work with babies um, I think it would be and I'm sure that baby would be (laughs) under his spell like everybody else's who encounters uh, um, him and uh, Melanie as well so uh, Annette says, Betty, you are killing me. <laughs> LOL. And Betty then says, or I can pretend to be one of the models in the frescoes. Um, mm, she noted true. that baby Claire and Gabriel are too precious. And <laughs> Annette, you get a heart for this comment, Annette. My ovaries explode when he posts pics like that. Yes. <laughs> so funny, but yeah, it's they true. Do. It's so sweet. And uh, honestly, if you could have seen him interact with Tosca's kids on the set. It just was, it just made oh, it was me, beautiful. it, it, it was just beautiful. made me so happy. Everybody was great with her. Her kids are just sweet. They're sweet souls. And, um, they were so excited to be there with mom. You know, it, it was, oh, yeah. it was really, really great. Um, she, she I love, she, I love that work life balance that, um, it, well, Tosca's she's very rocking. Lucky. She's got a good, uh, person with the kids too. Mm-hmm. You know, because well, yeah. she, uh, she also homeschools them when she's away from her home in L.A. Mm-hmm. And uh, which is very tough. Yeah. Yeah. So. They've, she's, you know, she's finding a way to make it work. And that's what we all have to try and do. I, I, I know it helps that she has revenue, right? I know it helps she has funds. But there's ways to just try and think creatively to find a way to make things work. Um, and she's doing and that. And, and yes. She yes. had a very strong mother. Mm-hmm. A woman makes a plan. Yes. And she definitely, you know, is inspiring. She is yes, really, she is. really an inspiration. Um, and that says she really is super mom. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Betty notes that Gabe, or Gabriel, Julio, is a natural. And he is. So. Yes, he is. 
I can't wait to see the pictures this next week, and we'll be able to get together next Saturday morning, um, 9 a.m. Eastern, to chat up the latest on uh, Rapture and finish up chapter finish up chapter 60. Cannot believe it. We are getting really close to the end of the book. It's getting exciting. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, I am being yelled at. <laughs> well, and Betty apparently cat. was uh, was saying that she's uh, pretty sure Gabriel or Julia would be yelled at too. She said, "My precious would not be so gracious with Julio. He would look at him, wondering <laughs> who the heck are you, and would probably also say in his best Gollum voice, leave my auntie alone.'" <laughs> 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 Annette, you're laugh- making me laugh. She'll make sure to actually wake up in time next week. <laughs> well, we're glad you were One able to join us hope. anytime, anytime. I know it's. Yes. I know for our friends in the Midwest and the Western part of the U.S., it's a little bit early. Um, but what better way to wake up than with with discussion about our beloved uh, SRs characters and. Um, discussing the upcoming films. Um, I think that's a great way to spend a Saturday morning um, as you're drinking your coffee. So it's going to be a lot. It's a lot better than watching the impeachment trials. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) And as Annette said, with these final chapters of the man in the black suit, um, these last chapters are killer. They really are. They they put you through the ringer. So, and thank you, Betty, saying we Thanks, had a great Betty. show. Happy that you could join so, us. You make you guys are what make the show so much fun. That's um, true. That is very true. And it is a great way, so, great start to the day. Thanks, Annette. I am going to leave us this morning with a little news bonfa. Momento. Just for Acacia. I love it. Thanks, everyone, and we will see you next week. Have a wonderful week, everybody. And catch you in the Twitterverse.